Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Lit Minute, your weekly podcast for all things poetic, poetry, and poets. This series is produced by Get Lit Words Ignite, which is a nonprofit organization that uses poetry and spoken word to increase literacy and empower young people. My name is Nia Lewis. In this podcast, we focus on the lives, history, and works of classic poets and modern-day contemporary poets. And this week's episode, we are going to be talking about the Pulitzer Prize winner and U.S. Poet Laureate Natasha Thretherway. Natasha Thretherway was born on April 26, 1966 in Gulfport, Mississippi. Her father, Eric Thretherway, is a Canadian poet and professor at Hollins University, and her mother, Gwendolyn Turnborough, was a social worker. Thretherway's parents met as college students in Kentucky. Due to the miscegenation laws in place throughout the country prohibiting mixed-race marriages at the time, Thretherway's black mother and white father were forced to cross from Mississippi to Ohio to get married, though the act of crossing state lines for this purpose was also illegal at the time. Natasha's parents divorced when she was six years old. She spent majority of her childhood living in Atlanta, Georgia with her mother and sometimes with her father in New Orleans, Louisiana. It was during those years that Thretherway came to understand the duality of her existence. She saw how she was able to pass as white and was treated differently when living with her father in contrast to how she was being treated when she was living with her mother. She also felt growing up that she was constantly interrogated about her race. Thretherway has said that she felt particularly attuned to racism because she grew up a black in the South and has said that she has a love-hate relationship with her home. She remembers her family being targeted in racist attacks, writing about her memory of the day when members of the KKK burned a cross on her family's yard in a poem incident, for example. Thrutherway combines deeply personal experiences with a broader historical content in her work, weaving together the past and the present, historical memory, and her own memory. She often writes about her own biracial background when reflecting on the history of interracial unions in America. Much of her work addresses themes of loss, trauma, violence, resilience, and love, especially in the poems she has written about her mother's death. Natasha Thretherway's mother was murdered by her abusive ex-husband when Natasha was 19. She has said that this tragedy is what prompted her to begin writing seriously. Natasha wrote in her memoir, Memorial Drive, when she began to feel that her mother's death had become a footnote in her biography, merely the backstory provided to her work. Not wanting her mother to become an afterthought or reduced to victimhood in her death, she sought to reanimate her, even preserving her mother's voice in the book throughout, including transcripts and letters that she left behind. She also wanted to give voice to the topic of domestic violence, a typically taboo subject. Thretherway has said that writing the book was not a healing experience. That is not a wound that will heal, but something that she must treat so that it doesn't get infected. But she also quotes Rumi, the 13th century Persian poet, saying she sees the wound as the place where the light enters you, as the place where her work originates. 
The memoir is entitled Memorial Drive both after the street where her mother was murdered and after the motivation she felt to memorialize her death. She remembers the relics and remembrance of the Confederacy that were pervasive in the South, recalling, I often joke that if you weren't from the South and you went down there and you just looked around at the landscape, you might think the South won the war. For me, driving on roads, entering buildings, passing monuments to Klansmen and staunch segregationists gave me a sense of psychological exile. Even the street memorial drive, she remembers, is loomed over by the Confederate monument stone mountain. Natasha Threatherway is not only interested in what is memorialized, but also what is erased. She reflects that monuments like Stone Mountain are themselves figures of historical erasure, mostly erected long after the Civil War in an attempt to further entrench white supremacy during the advances of the Civil Rights Movement. They are indicators of America's historical amnesia. Ironically, she has said, her birthday is Confederate Memorial Day, celebrated throughout the South to commemorate Confederate soldiers. Natasha Threatheray writes in a mix of prose and verse, though she characterizes her prose as long poetry. She often writes in traditional forms, such as the Ghazal, the Linal, and Sonnet, which she describes as a way of exploding the canyon, taking ownership of something that might have previously been oppressive. Many of Threatheray's poems connect to visual works like photographs and paintings, she sometimes writes ekphrastic poetry. She also often writes epistolary poetry. Her collection, Bellorque's Ophelia, for example, is written from the perspective of a mixed-race prostitute in the form of diary entries and letters. It is also based off of the photography by E.J. Bellorque from the early 1900s in New Orleans. When asked why she writes poetry as opposed to other forms of writing, Threatheray stated that there's an intimacy in poetry that can make one feel as though there was just one listener out there, and the voice of the poem is speaking directly to that listener. That kind of intimacy that makes you feel as if you are inhabiting the experience of someone else. Threatheray's literary influences include Toni Morrison, her favorite novelist, Rita Dove, Phil Levine, Yusef Kamenyaka, and Seamus Haney. She also has said that her father, a poet himself, was a major influence on her from a young age. She remembers that, as bedtime stories, he would read her myths like Beowulf and Ophius and Eurydice, that he would recite all kinds of poetry to her, especially words with Yeats and Robert Hayden. She also remembers that on long drives, he would tell her to write a poem if she was bored. But... Threatheray is cautious not to attribute her poetic inheritance entirely to her father, saying that growing up, people used to see her good traits as a good product of her white side. She challenges that by saying that she became a poet because of the inspiration of her mother. 
Rutherway received her BA in English from the University of Georgia, her MA in English and Creative Writing from Hollins University, and her MFA in Poetry from the University of Massachusetts Amherst. She's the author of the poetry collections Monument, published in 2018, Troll, published in 2012, Native Guard, published in 2006, Bjork Ophelia, published in 2002, and Domestic Work, published in 2000, as well as the creative nonfiction Beyond Katrina, a meditation on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, published in 2010, and the memoir Memorial Drive, published in 2020. She was the Mississippi Poet Laureate from 2012 to 2016 and the 19th U.S. Poet Laureate. She is the recipient of a Pulitzer Prize, Kavi Kunnam Prize, Mississippi Institute of Arts and Letters Book Prize, the 2001 Lillian Smith Award for Poetry, the 2020 Bobbitt Prize for Lifetime Achievement, a 2017 Hence Award in the Arts and Humanities category, and the Mississippi Governor Award for Excellence in the Arts. She has received fellowships from the Academy of American Poets, the Guggenheim Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, the National Endowment, and Harvard's Radcliffe Institute, where she was a budding fellow. She was also named 2008 Georgia Woman of the Year and inducted into the Fellowship of Southern Writers and the Georgia Writers Hall of Fame. She has taught at Duke University, Emory University, the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, and Yale University. She currently lives and works in Illinois as the Board of Trustees Professor of English at Northwestern University and is married to Northwestern Professor of History Brent Gatson. The poem I will be sharing with you today, Imperatives of Carrying On in the Aftermath, is featured in our Get Lit Anthology and is actually the first poem in Featherway's collection, Monument, written about her mother. So here's Imperatives for Carrying On in the Aftermath. Do not hang your head or clench your fist when even your friend, after hearing the story, says... My mother would never put up with that. Fight the urge to rattle off statistics that more often a woman who chooses to leave is then murdered. The hundredth time your father says, but she hated violence. Why would she marry a guy like that? Don't waste your breath explaining again how abusers wait, are patient that they don't beat you on the first date, sometimes not even the first few years of a marriage. Keep an impassive face whenever you hear, stand by your man, and let go your rage when you recall those words were advice given your mother. Try to forget the first trial before she was dead when the charge was only attempted murder. Don't belabor the thinking or the sentence that allowed her ex-husband's release a year later, or the juror who said, it's a domestic issue. They should work it out themselves. Just breathe when, after you read your poems about grief, a woman asked, Don't you think your mother was weak for men? Learn to ignore subtext. Imagine a thought cloud above your head, dark and heavy with the words you cannot say. Let silence rain down. Remember, you were told by your famous professor that you should write about something else. Unburden yourself of the death of your mother and just pour your heart out in the poems. Ask yourself, what's in your heart? That well, query, 
blood locket and seed bed and contend with what it means. The folk saying, you learn from a Korean poet in Seoul. That one does not bury the mother's body in the ground, but in the chest. Or like you, you carry her corpse on your back. <sighs> this poem, I think, is something that all women should hear. Men, everyone, doesn't matter. Everyone needs to hear this poem. I think in life we question why women do certain things. Why did she choose to wear something so revealing? Why did she allow someone to hit her? I feel like women are just constantly blamed for the reasons men do not know how to control themselves. Sadly, many people don't even know what love looks like. So we're willing to accept horrible things when we believe that it's the love that we deserve. My dad's like, well, I'll give you tough love. And I'm like, that's, what? That's not enough for me. That's not love. I've heard stories. I've been taught lessons from women in my family on what not to do from the mistakes that they've made. I can never judge a woman for choosing the wrong love for herself. Because in this world, it's hard to know what real love looks like. What does real love look like, you know? Horrible people know how to make you believe that you're experiencing true love. And sad, it's heartbreaking. I really love this poem. And I think it really highlights a problem that we have as a society. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in with us on all things Natasha Threatherway. Make sure you share this podcast with your friends and family members, and I'll see y'all next week. Bye. Get Lit Minute is a production of Get Lit Words Ignite. This podcast is produced by Samuel Curtis, executive produced by Diane Luby Lane, and engineered by Peter Davis. This episode was researched and written by Sakura Price alongside me, Nia Lewis. Our production coordinator is Sophia Denunzio. Lucas Lane is our digital editor, and our editorial advisors are Kelly Grace Thomas and Colleen Hamilton. Special thanks to the entire Get Lit staff and donors who make this work possible, the teachers who use this podcast to educate their students, and to all students of life everywhere for tuning in and spending time with us today. If you want to hear more, check out the rest of our episodes on our website, getlit.org. That is G-E-T-L-I-T dot O-R-G. See you then.